And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, sharing with you guests from around Indianapolis, Christians who are doing good based on Titus chapter 3, verses 1, 8, and 14. Our focus is always to introduce uh, folks with each other, with the Indianapolis community that uh, are doing good things. And those good things can come in lots of different varieties. Boy, we've had folks in here that do uh, great things that relate to well, let's say fast cars and barbecue uh, and everybody over to uh, dealing with uh, folks in the inner city who are working with young people. So all different kinds of folks. Warp and Wolf Radio is sponsored by the Cominius Institute. At Cominius, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is into college. And at college, our focus is always the same. That is to help Christian young people to think Christianly about the world around them. And specifically at college, the disciplines and the academics that they are pursuing there. So just yesterday, for instance, I had a long conversation with three young men about some very important and interesting ideas that they were confronting in their classes uh, on economic theory, for instance. Uh, that was one of our discussion points. So that's what I'm doing. About 10 hours during the week is actually meeting with uh, Christian college students on campus at IUPUI. I also teach there. The second bridge will be cross is into communities, and that's the whole focal point of this particular radio show. Radio show is to uh, focus on community, to focus on folks in and around Indianapolis who are doing good, as I've already mentioned. And then the third bridge that we cross is into culture. Uh, culture means that uh, I'm speaking and writing on all different kinds of things and all different kinds of venues, always grateful for the opportunities to do that. Uh, the latest article, for instance, that was published in a journal uh, was based on the theological roots of the abolitionist movement. But I was just in a, a church panel discussion two weeks ago discussing the issues uh, as it relates to other religions and how do Christians interact with those who don't believe uh, what we might believe. In this particular episode, however, we are joined by another believer in the community in Indianapolis, Bob Moore, who is uh, in the IT field. And uh, interestingly enough, before uh, this particular show began, we we we're having a great conversation about what it was that Bob does. And we've been carrying on this conversation for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Bob, thanks ever so much for being here. We're grateful for your presence in the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's start with some simple biographical stuff. Uh, tell us about who you are, your family, anything that you'd like to tell us about those things. Um, well, I have one son, he's 17. He's kind of a, a key inspiration in my life. And um, I grew up and, and still reside in the Milan, Indiana area. Uh, we have our locations now in Cincinnati and in Indianapolis, so I keep the 74 corridor pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like to drive, I guess you could say. Um, and as far as, you know, uh, my interests and such, as you've picked up from our earlier discussion, uh, I have a, a deep interest in people and culture and language and uh, a little bit in old architecture, I guess you would say, especially some of the stuff that's been around for longer than we tend to keep it here uh, in the states but um so those are kind of my things i've, I've been in business for years i i first got into the it field uh, officially my business back in 98 and merged my business partner here in uh, 2016 one csi so we've got quite a few years between him and i as far as experience um, well let's stop there and and just tell people what csi stands for 
and the name of your business and so on. The computer Solutions and Innovations. Very good. Tell us about why you chose those words outside of computer. I think most of us get that. Well, that, that part is the, the starting point where you have to deal with computers and computer networks. Solutions, um, definitely what businesses need. If you have a computer, it's great, but if it doesn't fit your business need, doesn't solve your problems, doesn't help you, and it's, it's not taking you anywhere. Uh, and then innovations. I think that was the, the hardest word to come up with, and yet it, was, it really fits how we do our, our work in that uh, we don't always do it like everybody else does. We try to really master the various pieces of technology so that we can creatively and innovatively come up with uh, cost-effective and logistically sound ways to benefit the business and uh, strategically help them towards growth so that the technology is good for them. Rather, than, I, I, Unfortunately, technology has earned in many fields of, of business the necessary evil category. It becomes, well, I have to have technology. And so they either invest as little as they can and don't get much of a return on investment or they uh, invest uh, quite a bit but don't still get much return on this. It's never customized to them. They never learn how it really works. They use, you know, 5% of what their tech can do. So our goal is to, um, you know, bridge that gap and by innovative solutions. And one of the ways in which we do it is communication, making sure they're informed of what the technology can do, what their options are, uh, and keeping with a good, strong business sense that I don't think a lot of technology people bring to the table. Um, a lot of folks, know how to implement technology and are very very good at it but they don't necessarily understand what businesses need logistically to, to stay in business and one of our goals we, we, businesses can even often have kind of a standoffish approach hey you're trying to ask too much about what we're doing we just want you to do this and my approach has to be kind of candidly sometimes you know, if you're hiring someone into it and they're in information technology and they're going to have access to all your information resources perhaps even uh, you need to trust them, and they really should care about you. you know, a business that you hire, business to business, if they don't care about your business being here tomorrow, I've always learned you don't get hired back by the business that isn't there mm. tomorrow. Well, let's <laughs> let's talk about, you, you mentioned uh, trust and care, and I want to come back to that, but, but before we do, tell people about um, maybe the businesses that you serve the most. I remember you mentioned, for instance, that uh, you were in schools a lot. Yes. Uh, we've got a, a long history of uh, schools. Um, between schools and a couple smaller businesses, I've got a few clients that go back 20 years. Mm. And so uh, <clears throat> kind of got started in those because I had a deep interest in uh, networking, kind of a called complex networking, uh, with you know, servers and lots of clients and automating the, the clients and software distribution. And in southeast Indiana, we didn't have a lot of businesses that needed large networks. The schools kind of needed them more so than everybody else. So um, that, that created an inroad for me, an opportunity. Yeah, very good. Well, let's come back to those two words, trust and care. And uh, you, you mentioned that businesses are looking for people that they can trust and you are going to give them care. So maybe kind of wrap that around in whatever way you would like. Tell us about the importance of those words in business. Ooh. The importance of those words in business. Um, why do people trust you? Why do people trust me? Yeah. Uh, that's sometimes actually a hurdle. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, those who do trust us, the reason why I would say we have 
decade-long relationships with the Miss V, after we've had a chance to prove ourselves, they begin to understand that we do care about everything from them as a person to their business and business success, making sure that they have the information in front of them to make a good business decision. Uh, I've got some businesses that are, are kind of tech savvy and uh, ask technical questions and others who don't, they want to make sure I communicate the logistical business impact and they trust me that I'll put those options in front of them so they can make those good decisions. And after you do that over time and they've seen how their investment works and the stability of their IT, that, that's a huge piece is businesses sometimes, I think, forget how the instability of IT affects them. Mm. It can stop them from processing payments. It can stop them from communicating if their phone system goes down or if their email server is unavailable. So, uh, and these are things that negatively impact business. So when you talk about earning trust is steering them in the, in the right direction so that technology really becomes an asset to them. And when it's become an asset, something they can count on they tend to count on the person that made it. Mm, yeah. It, it makes me think immediately when you talk about the issue of stability in business, um, how the, the baseline properties of what Genesis teaches uh, in Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 3, that God has established a world of order. And so within that world of order, he's designed the world to work in a certain way. We simply are mirroring that creative element that the creator has given to us by doing that very thing. So let's talk about that and make that the segue and uh, talk about why it is so important uh, for you as a business person uh, to, to bring with you, uh, without any apology to the business world, your view of life as a Christian. You were uh, mentioning that earlier, and I have to say... Uh, go on a sideline for just a second. That's okay. I, I was reading the other day and then kind of went into a video online all about uh, God and him even rejoicing his creation. And I think there's something to be said about that. Uh, if you try to bring things in order like him, if we're doing by being in his image, mirroring his process, in, in, in no way <laughs> to the extent that he does, but you know, if you're taking uh, an element of pride, caution of pride, but, uh, in what you're doing, you, you do rejoice in what you, you accomplish that you know mirrors it successfully. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't um, have that. They don't re rejoice in their, their work and what they see, see the, how it benefits others. Mm. Um, I don't know that everybody, especially outside the Christian worldview, um, rejoices in the gains of others. And I think that's part of the problem. They, they focus on the gains themselves and not the gains of others. We're very much... I think it's a Christian worldview-inspired uh, approach to say the win-win scenario that Ira and I both kind of form the business around, which is the only way we're going to genuinely, sincerely feel like we win in business is if our clients are winning. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily yep. mean that um, it, it, it's harder to come up with a win-win scenario sometimes. But I think that's part of what sets us apart is uh, we, we always strive for that. We want the win-win scenario. And then when you talk about... Um, why we bring that into to focus, uh, we both agreed forming the business, as we were talking earlier, if we put it on our business cards and put it on our email signatures, and, and we don't have to walk in the door and when we shake your hand and say, by the way, you ought to know, we're, we're a Christian-based business. We don't have to do that. We just put it in enough places. They, they can't do work with us very long without figuring it out. Right. And it opens the door for uh, 
the opportunity to share the good word. They, they ask the question. Um, people today are not as keen to ask about Christianity and are kind of reserved to, uh, to be approached. But if they see you doing good work and they see it prominent in everything that you, you do, you're, just, you're signing things with it. Um, right now in our new office location, we're getting ready to put you know, Bible verse on the wall right when you come in the, hmm. the door. Okay. And we feel like that's important. Now, it's not, you know, I don't think it's something that anybody is going to, we um, pray it's not anything that uh, somebody comes in and immediately would get offended and confronted in that manner. I think some people would turn their head and, and kind of pretend it's not there. But the moment they say, seriously, what, what make a difference? Well, how does that work? And we get that sometimes. It's interesting that. Um at least uh, up till recently, I, I haven't seen a copy of it for a long time, but at least uh, up till recently, the Indianapolis Star had a uh, Bible verse right underneath its flagship statement. So uh, this is not an unusual issue. Even at the United Nations, they're borrowing from Isaiah chapter 2, uh, telling us to, uh, you know, beat our swords into plowshares. Of course, they give no context for that, but that's a whole nother discussion. So, um, you know, putting a Bible verse on your board, uh, even on our currency, we have, you know, one nation under God, whether or not people actually accede to that or not really isn't the issue. Uh, but you're making it very clear that hey, this is who you are. And, and if you do good work, so let's talk about the work part of this, because I really do think that's imperative. When we talk about being in business, being, uh, doing good work, you're talking about being excellent at what you do. And so the excellence needs to be out there. People are not going to care if you're an atheist or a Christian as long as you do good work for them. Very true. And, uh, you know, I said earlier, <coughs> we feel like we uh, assemble, we like to call our A-team, uh, folks who are very, very good at what they do. Uh, we've got, you know, one <coughs> very good at the, you know, PC repair and, and upkeep. We've got another that's very good at the servers and, Another one's kind of doing research and development stuff and coming up with uh, new innovative solutions for some clients uh, in a variety of arenas. We've got another some kind of phone system specialist. We've got another who is our, our camera and premise security guru who really knows how to, to make that work. And I think that when you have people who love what they do and want every single install to be something that they can be proud of and the customer's going to be absolutely world with. It's not just, hey, we landed the job, we did the work, send us our paycheck, buy now. You, you, you actually want to have that springboard into something else. And I also, one of the things we have is we, our ideal client size a lot of times is what I like to say 10 systems rep. Somebody that's got enough investment technology, we can really start to save them money because they're, they're, they've got to rotate assets and <laughs> computers and phones and security cameras today, it begins to, to add up. But, you know, the small business, we invest uh, in all sizes, uh, up to hundreds of systems on a site, to, you know, that 10 to 20, and even if they only have one PC. And I think we approach it from the standpoint of, yes, the guy for one PC uh, in business isn't going to necessarily come back to us for a lot, at least for a while, if we did our job right. But, um, if he's pleased with our work, he'll recommend us. And that's part of it. I think a lot of people look at the small potatoes and say, well, we're not even going to go for that. And, um, 
we don't see a, a reason to discern between them. It sounds like returning business to me. I mean, that's basically how everybody's businesses operate. They want business to return to them. Yes. Uh, I don't know that everybody does. Some people are probably sales, but the problem, um, I, I'm always amazed to follow into a, a client's site and find out that uh, the reason we're there is because they had this job done. Then the, the company never returned their calls again after the job was done. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I think that's one of the distinguishing things in uh, IT is we have a lot of people who are not uh, big communicators and are not, they know how to implement IT, but they don't know how to do it business logistically. I've also felt like when I've gone in behind uh, some others in the business that I, I see marks that the, the my predecessor was really skilled. Mm. But when I hear the business owners say, here's my problems with it, I, I kind of perceive that perhaps they didn't have that business savvy to understand why it wasn't working the way the business owner intended. Yes. And that was what made the difference between what we did for them what our predecessors did is we made the technology fit the need better than those who came before. It's, it interests me that there's really no difference in whatever it is that we do. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, students that I know, for instance, at IUPUI. I know we, we have these conversations about academics. And one of the things that I'm trying to communicate with them, and you know, these are young, young people, so 18, 19, 20 years of age. Uh, one of the things that I emphasize to them is the necessity of doing their work as an academic as excellent so that the only way that anybody is going to know whether or not you actually have something to provide for them uh, or if a prof is looking at your work, how do you demonstrate uh, to a professor that um, what you're doing is uh, is unto the Lord, even though to the professor, they wouldn't really care about any of that. Uh, so, you know, our concern is that we even do our academic work with excellence. And this isn't something that uh, we bypass in any arena of life, I suspect, that all of us believe as Christians that uh, we do everything according to the Colossians 3 statement as if God is watching us. You know, that's important. As if, he most certainly is. Yes. And uh, that that is, gosh, it be a challenge with some young folks. <laughs> sure, it uh, is, and it is, but, actually. Uh, yeah, I think back to some of the things I did in high school and college, and I was a believer then, but I, I don't know that you always connect those dots. Um, it's sometimes when you get past that point in life, you begin to figure out that uh, everything you do sets you up for the next step. Yes. That, that first job this, this person in college looking for might actually be achieved because of the excellence they did in college and because a professor gives them that letter of reference saying i was just so impressed with you know i gave this routine assignment this person took it and ran with it and obviously a student is not going to run every assignment but they do every assignment to the best of their ability and they find the areas that are really their niche and, and throw themselves into the best they can not just well i'm here i'm looking for the grade i want to go home you know why are you getting an education at all right you know yeah. If you're not going to, if, if you if you can't put excellence into what you're learning to do, are you going to put excellence into it when you actually go do it as a career? Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it's the living of life that uh, we have to get young people to really consider uh, what is that what is it as you well say that you're setting yourself up for in the, into the future. Uh, what kind of disciplines are you or are you not establishing in life, and that's going to really make a difference in how you think about this. I just to you know, put a point on it. I actually got a text message from one of my students just last evening who said, 
you know, I brought some bad study habits with me from high school. I really need some help <clears throat> as it relates to how do we do this thing? Um, and, and how do I <clears throat> maintain the discipline of uh, making sure that I get my work done, all that kind of stuff. So uh, these are ongoing conversations. These aren't, these are not things that uh, are surprising to me because I've been in education for so long, but uh, it's one of those things that I have to repeat to people because they don't see the value of discipline, for instance. Certainly, that's what you bring to the table in, in business. It's impressive that your, your students are texting that kind of a question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And there's some of them, yeah, some of them are, are quite not only outspoken, but they're very direct, you know, and they, they let their, their personal lives kind of hang out there a little bit, you know, so. I've seen that. Yes. Well, we're going to be taking a one song break here right in the middle of our program. Uh, take a breather. For those of you who haven't noticed yet, <clears throat> I'm having a trouble trouble with my voice here today. And that's not something that uh, usually happens, but I've been fighting this cold here for about a week. So uh, for those of you wondering uh, what's happened to, to Mark's gravelly voice, there it is. Uh, you've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. This is our first segment. Uh, stay tuned for the second those of you catching up on the podcast later on will hear us immediately, of course. Uh, Josh Collingwood will be putting all of this together after the fact for us. And uh, Polly Riddell is also to be mentioned here, as well as our producer, H.B. Bell, behind the scenes, making sure everything's functioning well. Warp and Woof Radio, one song break. We'll be right back. Those of you on Facebook Live will stay with us, uh, hearing the continuing conversation. Uh, YouTube Live. Oh, YouTube live too. Well, oh, look at you building the audience. Oh, you, ah, you got Facebook over here. Okay, good. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, my, uh, yeah, I, I got to stay up with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, uh, here's the text message, for instance, from last evening from this individual who says, you know, that I need some help with this. So, but it, it is, honestly, it is awesome. It's the kind of thing that as uh, the work that I do at Cominius is very important, uh, where young people are actually saying to us, hey, you know, this is important to us. Uh, so let's get to my website, see if I can, uh, or to my Facebook page. Um, yeah, okay. so there it is. So where are they talking to <clears throat> Well, if I click on this, yeah, see now I've got to, I've got to hit the mute button here. So yeah, there's a bunch of people watching at the same time. Okay. So you can see that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're giving a little tutorial on Facebook Live to Facebook Live people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for all the technology I do, the social media is it's not my area. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. So you can shut off the sound, all of those kinds of things. But over here uh, is you have two screens that each, well, three I've screens. <clears throat> so you can, I didn't realize that uh, you were going to YouTube there, HB. Oh, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I've seen many a time uh, where people are online and you can see the comments yep. rolling in, but I, I've never been one to contribute, I guess. Or sure. I've been on this side of the equation. Yeah, so. right. Well, look at you now. Yeah. You're a celebrity. Oh, yeah, it is. Honestly, in some ways, it is kind of scary. <laughs> you know, you're out there now. Boy, look out. Uh, maybe a lot of screens. I might need to <laughs> clean. This smudge not going to come off. 
<laughs> That's right. So when we come back uh, for the second segment, um, let's see, maybe we'll talk about this relational emphasis, tie it back into the first segment, talk about business and what we just talked about, and then uh, connect this maybe to, we'll go from here, maybe over to your Martin Luther story, that kind of stuff. Uh, but we'll start with the others, the emphasis on uh, business as an other-centered relational component to life, and just which just mirrors the Christian view of things. So I got too much going on. <laughs> you have, you have too many screens. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. But I am going to get a big monitor. Up oh. There we can be so people can actually see their live feed. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, I just kind of drop in here, HB. You got, you're the man. You're doing it. Oh, he's been around, he's been around since the inception. Don't let yeah. me fool you, man. I am, I am uh, practicing, as they say, a practicing physician. <laughs> they really don't know what they're doing. They, I am a practicing uh, RadioNext.tv owner. And I want to get with you because I actually am working with an organization where I recruit for uh, one of the companies who was awarded the uh, Next Level Grant. And so I've got CompTIA Plus certified people coming out every 10, you know, every week, really. But they go to a 10-week curriculum. And then we're trying to place them ah. into entry-level, you know, positions that require the CompTIA Plus certification. Gotcha. So if you know some people hiring in your industry, that would be perfect. Because, I mean, they'll be certified and ready. And I actually do that would uh, be a good place to have a resource. Yeah. And I, uh, so, let you know, we can change that now because I just left there this morning. All right. Yeah. Good deal. So this is the triangulation effect that happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the time. <laughs> the relational. That's a different address, of course, but the phone number and email works. And uh, I'm get together. together. If you have a card or, you know, whatever, let's set this up because. Uh, I left those in the <laughs> no, it's no problem, but you just email me and I will, I will, yeah, because we've got, we are trying to do career placement. One of the things I do with my nonprofit, find a place where they can go to get educated and then when they come out, how we're going to, you know, patch it up because. Are these uh, mostly college students? Are these are 18, anybody 18 years of older with a high school diploma, high school equivalency and no post-secondary degree qualify for the free training. $3,700 worth of training for free, 10 weeks, four days a week, four hours a day. And they have a variety of content, yeah, A yeah. plus, net plus, yes. 30 plus. Absolutely. Awesome. Coming in about 37. Okay. Those of you on Facebook Live are not getting to hear my marvelous commercial here about our radio show. <laughs> Podcast later on, Will. And we're back, Warp and Woof Radio, Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. We're glad to be with you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. And as I say all of the time, our focal point here, uh, being sponsored by the Cominius Institute, is to draw people from the Indianapolis community who are believers, Christians, and who are doing good work, and that's the real focus of, of what we're all about. Uh, this particular week, we have Bob Moore here with us. Bob is uh, an IT professional. 
and his business is one that operates not only here in Indianapolis, but also in Cincinnati. As he told us here in the first segment, uh, he actually heats up I-74 corridor there. So back and forth between Cincinnati. Uh, just make sure that you keep your sports teams in line there and make sure that you continue to root for the Colts. Well, I, was, I was born and raised in Yes, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's okay. <laughs> so, yes, uh, yeah, we, we – uh, love Cincinnati, but uh, you know we're Colts fans through and through. So there you go. Uh, we in the first segment we were talking about business, and the whole focal point of our business discussion is always the same, and that is that uh, we are Christians who are doing good. We're doing our our work with excellence, and that's really crucial for us. And so our concern is always uh, to put that kind of statement forward to the world, and that's what uh, Bob and I were discussing here in our first uh, segment. So I wanted to go back to something that Bob and I were talking about uh, outside of this conversation, actually before uh, we started this uh, broadcast, which was about the issue of others. And so our focal point is always about others, and we're concerned about other people. And our concern, of course, once again, when we think about others, is relational concerns. So, Bob, let's talk about that uh, connection to um, the life that we lead as believers. Let's talk about the connection between others and relationship and hospitality and welcoming people. Gosh, I think I need you to springboard me back into where we were uh, thinking. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. We, we were talking about the concern uh, that the, the centerpiece really of the gospel message of really of all of, of the scriptures is that our focal point ought to be on other people, not on ourselves. And so from that, then we were talking about being hospitable and welcoming in all relationships, not just in business, but in all of life. Right, right. Um, I do think that is a, a part of what uh, my business partner and I definitely focused on is trying to be warm and greeting and uh, not, like you said, not just in business, but in people, because I think, you know, when you start talking about Christianity and how it plays in your life, if it doesn't bring you any joy, if people don't see any of that, and you're not welcoming, well, you know, they usually don't want your witness. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, um, if you are centered about others if you can have that genuine care about others and an inviting peace you have the opportunity to share the good news where you don't otherwise people uh, i don't know i don't want to blame society but we've kind of created an atmosphere where sometimes people get this impression that it's it's you know your club and my club or your your way and my way and they don't think that there's there's a bridging of the gap I guess right and um, when they realize that uh, you're welcoming and that you can relate to them that that's not okay that's what we're talking about if you if you have a way to relate to who they are understand their struggles their goals in life what they want and that you and they are not that different well then all of a sudden they, they see that striking well Christianity's difference <laughs> now how's that working for you and you can bring that into to play that so that they understand what a role it, it is in your life, how it guides your decisions, how it you know makes your life better, helps you to cope with some of the challenges. Um, if they know you're facing challenges, that's another part. Is uh, if you can relate to their challenges, then a lot everybody's struggling to deal with their challenges in some way or another. Right. 
Uh, yep. If you're not struggling in any way, shape, or form, all I can say is you are blessed. And, <laughs> but, um, you know, so so that's that's I think one of the key things we see is is that uh, the ability to relate to others that spurns conversation. And more you sit down and talk with somebody, the more you have that opportunity right. for a non-believer to go in a direction that naturally opens the door to conversation yes. with the gospel. Your interest in this uh, certainly is ours as well, and our focal point on welcoming people or being hospitable uh, isn't just when uh, somebody knocks on my door and I invite them into my home. It's being hospitable to them as people with their ideas and their person and their lifestyle and whatever, how they identify. It doesn't really matter. We're talking about other human beings that God has made in his image just as much as anybody else. And so uh, we view people that way. That's really crucial and important to us. So let's take that to a different place uh, in some of the conversation we, you and I were having uh, prior to the show. You were telling me about uh, a situation that you had an opportunity to do some uh, travel to a different country and uh, came upon a different uh, translation of the scriptures and so on. So take it from there. Tell us that story and why that's important in your life. Uh, well, uh, I was an exchange student to Germany after having hosted an exchange student. We hit off so well. Convinced me to, to try my hand at being over there, and I fell in love with the country and the culture, and just kept traveling back. And um, so I've been over there a number of times. He's been here a number of times. And, um, it's forged a lifelong friendship that's well over two decades now. Wow. Um, I, you know, I called his mother when it's vitamin You know, <laughs> my second mother. Oh, wonderful. And call her at times and uh, just carry on. So a uh, very very nice uh, experience to have. And he knew as a Christian, so he had, um, oh, some time ago, got me this. It's, it's literally the version to be handed out for study in a university, is what this is telling. And for those uh, listening on the podcast, Bob is showing us uh, the translation of uh, Luther's Bible, correct? correct. It's, yeah, yeah, it's the Bible as the Germans would read it, the Martin yeah. Luther version. There you go. And so and I had that on the shelf, and I had thumbed through it a little bit. But in more recent years, um, kind of re-diving myself into uh, re religion and theology and how it was affecting my life, how it was affecting our business, long discussions with my, my business partner, Ira, um, began to see videos and read things online about how the Greek worked and, uh, and the Hebrew and things that were referred to, such as the genders and how they reflect and how the articles are. I'm getting into all that grammatical stuff. Okay. Cares yep. about, but, um, I do. I care. English, I care. Especially in, in English, we tend, it, it doesn't exist anymore. We, we've lost a lot of those uh, modifications of articles. And so English-speaking people who only speak English have a very difficult time, I think, maybe watching those videos and even understanding why that's significant. But... What the bell went off in my head as I started learning more and more about that and how it tied into the translation of the Bible is, huh, I'll bet that's reflected. The German has a way to reflect that or to show those same types of things as the Greek. So when they said, well, this is in the you know, feminine in Greek, and therefore this you know, part here has to be reflected back to that, I started flipping the, the Bible and going, let's see what it says. And yes, indeed, that's right there. And it's in the. <laughs> <laughs> it does reflect back. And sometimes I think the genders don't necessarily match for a noun from one language to another. Whatever gender that particular noun is in the German, when it's referred, referred back to, the article shows that. Just so you, I think it's interesting to me to 
I think it gives me a deeper dive into oh, yeah. what the meaning is. Yeah. Just so just so you know you're not alone in any of this. Uh again, just yesterday, sitting with these three guys uh talking about things, we actually had a conversation about grammar in the original language of the text of scripture in Greek and Hebrew and the importance and the imperative of that, the original language is of essence to the Christian view of life and things, that we believe that the original autographs as they were originally written are inerrant, that is without error, and uh, every part and every aspect of them uh, is that way. So this is a very important issue uh, and and to the point that some of us do care deeply for this. And, and frankly, if we don't care about it, I don't know who else is going to care about it. So keep caring, Bob. It's okay. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> no, I enjoy it. I guess I would say that's another area in which I geek out, not just technology, but I, I get into some of the, the language and how uh, things work. And so when I hear these things, somebody starts describing how the language affects the interpretation, um, that means something. Yes. Uh, and I, I think, I hate to... to, to beat that horse, but I feel like if I ever had the chance to really encourage people, I'd say a foreign language, despite the, the international language of English, a foreign language is so powerful. Um, I say that in part because it allows me to see historically things that perhaps are lost in, in the English language, and putting that totally aside, it has given me friends that I couldn't have if I didn't speak their language. That's right. And I think if you're really one who likes people, likes to meet people, meet them at least two different languages isn't such a terrible idea. You know, this goes to the very issue that we're discussing here about hospitality and welcoming. The, the way that you demonstrate your care and love for somebody else is by meeting them where they're at. And the most important aspect of meeting people where they're at is understanding their language. Now, there are lots of different dialects within any given language. So, for instance, when I'm down on the campus of IUPUI and some student HB is going to love this. When some student introduces me to some hip hop or rap artist, you know, I've got to go into a whole nother cultural venue here to understand that whole process. So what did I, I learned about Little Ness X, uh, I think, uh, yesterday. Uh, and this, this young man is making a crossover between the rap and the country genres of all things. I mean, this stuff just blows me away. But to again, to people who are into this stuff, this is really important to them. So we need to be very concerned and interested in whatever they're interested in, and the language is the way that we get there. And you know, when you say that, even without a foreign language in English, like you're just saying, there's a vocabulary to any field of interest you have. That's right. And, <laughs> and if you can meet someone new and start asking, what does that word mean? What how it differentiates. I just heard you say this and that. Why is this different from that? And, and sometimes they, they roll their eyes and look at you like, seriously? Obviously, you have no clue about that. Sorry. But if you have that genuine interest in people, and mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of areas like that that I don't have as much a, a genuine interest in. Uh, you know, like you said about earlier, everybody from race cars to this and that. I can go watch a race car, you know, <coughs> watch race cars go around. I enjoy it. But it's not something that I get into all the terms of how they're maintaining the cars and the engines and all. So, but in that moment when somebody's trying to describe it to me, it's important that I listen, I hear, and I learn. Now, I'm ashamed to say my retention isn't as good as it should be, but I try, and at least in that moment, I, I often have gotten schooled on new areas, and that's what you have to do. And because I, I rarely find anybody that will ask me anything about my world 
and what I'm interested in, right? Or give me an opportunity to share something. That's how important it is for them. And that's how that's why we have you on the radio show today. Actually, <laughs> uh, you were talking uh, before in our meeting just prior to the show. You're talking about when we had Vanessa Stringer on, and we were talking about language and the importance of that, yes. and her conversation with us. And I'll never forget this, man. It was like a slap in the face. She, when I said uh, I said something to the effect of, "Well, Vanessa, it's obvious that you have an accent," and she just interrupted me and she said. I don't have an accent. You have an accent. And that was such a, so I looked right at the screen, man. I looked right at the screen. I said, I just got schooled, man. So the whole point is that we have, we have these built-in biases to whatever it is that we're invested in within our lives. And we think that, you know, the way we think is the way the, anybody should think and whatever else. But this comes back to the welcoming, hospitable, uh, caring for others kinds of aspect. How are we going to cross those bridges into other arenas? Um, I, I, I like the term paradigms of thought. Mm, um, I like that too. The, the, it actually comes out of a, a book I read about technology and the paradigm of thought between uh, a centralized uh, computer system model, the main computer, the mainframes, going to the server client model, the you know, paradigm of computing. And then they said it shifted with the technology guru's paradigm of thought shifting as to how to get the computing done. But I began to see paradigms of thought to almost every aspect of human life. <laughs> there you go. And we lock ourselves sometimes into our paradigms and we don't think outside the box. I think mind-blowing aha moments that allow you to sit in someone else's seat, even if it's only for a few moments, uh, are very rewarding and interesting. Yes. And you can come away with some of the, the best feelings you've ever had in your life. And that goes back to that part. People won't remember what you say or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Yes. And if you make them feel important and right. welcomed and understood, yes, they remember that. And I can right. tell that when I see them again. And they, uh, I'll tell you one of the, the best impressions I can give is uh, I worked at schools for a long time, and I had the opportunity to teach vocationally technology and one student that was not in, in my class was a brother to one of the students in my class that was really struggling elsewhere and I had had the opportunity to help him through some uh, math issues and, and kind of guide him with some words of wisdom if you will towards his applications and I thought it was just routine I'd done this so many times but he remembered how I made him feel and the way I knew that and it took me about three or four times in doing this for me to figure it out I would go through the school, do my routine stuff, keeping things up, and from across the room, from across the entryway somewhere, he'd be walking, he'd see me, he'd stop, he'd call out to me, he'd come walking across, extend his hand, and shake my hand. And I finally had to say to him one day, gosh, you, know, you always stop to say hello. What's he goes, you just always make me feel welcome and good. There you go. And that's like, okay, wow. You know, um, so when we talk about uh, what we're doing for success in business, for uh, success in making relationships, uh, the offline nature of real things. <laughs> right. And then, but then also we have opportunities to witness and giving uh, a good Christian witness. I think that's part of it. You've got to be yeah. welcoming and inviting and people remember you in that context. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. This is, a, this is a huge deal for everybody. And this isn't just a business discussion, quite frankly. It's a relational human-to-human -human discussion. One of the things that uh, my students hear me say all the time is that humility is the essence of knowledge. And when you consider your, that you don't know it all and that you recognize that other people know more than you do, no matter what it is, 
I mean, it could be about anything and it might be something that you've really truly invested a lot of time in. You know a lot about it. There's always somebody who knows more than you do. And so to recognize that, to bring that to the table and say, what, can you help me with this? Uh, help me to understand. Um, that too is a welcoming addition to relational connections. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, I, I work with so many people in the industry and they'll say, well, how do you remember this? And how do you know that? And you're asking me to remember too much uh, is what some of the folks who work with me at times will say. And that's why I say I've got the 18 right now. So I'll say that, but they may learn it anyway. Uh, <laughs> but the, um, when, when they say you're learning too much, I like to tell people, I say, if you think I know more than you remember what I know fits in a thimble. <laughs> and it, it's true. Every day of my life, I'm learning more. And I look at what I knew yesterday and I go, you know, there was a time in my life when I thought, I'm not doing too bad. Tomorrow I'm you never know if it's field you're working or another field. There's always somebody knows more. There's always something more to be learned. That's right. And uh, that lifelong learning, mm -hmm. um, lifelong seeking via the scriptures. Yeah, <laughs> right. If you don't turn your, your life into lifelong endeavors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a huge difference in how we view life. Uh, we've been talking here uh, with Bob Moore. Uh, an IT professional about not just his business, but about evangelism and specifically uh, this relationship between people, uh, namely relational uh, commitments, the welcoming atmosphere that any of us should have within ourselves to other people. Uh, and that brings into play hospitality. And we're not just talking about setting the table for a dinner. We're talking about uh, setting the table for a conversation. Uh, that too is a hospitable act. So we've got about five minutes left here, Bob, before we need to uh, end the show. Um, if you were going to uh, tell us something that you wanted to make sure the audience never forgot or something about the business or something that you want to make sure that everybody hears, uh, what would that be? I'll give you a couple minutes to flesh that out. Oh, that's a loaded one to ask. Um, well, I would say that Computer Solutions and Innovations is excited to be in Indy now. We, we're really still at the beginning of what this is going to take us to, to be. In that relational uh, aspect, I think all of us are excited to meet new people here. Um, so we've already started down that road. And I feel that one of the things we do is behind the scenes, you have to hear, we do talk and get excited about the people we've met. And we'll say how this person, that person's interesting, what we learned about their business. I think that is one aspect. As, as an IT company, it's maybe a little different. We like to learn about the uh, businesses. I surprised a fellow yesterday that as I was trying to leave us, I'm, I'm grabbing his pamphlets and asking him questions about his business. Um, they, some places they get that. In other places, I think this one, they were kind of like, what, why are you doing that? <laughs> and uh, if, you, if you're looking at that, I think that's important. I was saying earlier, business to business, you have to care about whether they're there tomorrow and that's kind of what sets us aside as we do have a business-oriented approach to technology. What we do is very broad because we do security-related you know, cameras and, and um, security camera common, but door locking mechanisms. Uh, then you get into networks today. One thing people don't realize in business is planning for the future is, is becoming more and more critical. We're moving into converged networking. Um, it's, it's been going on for a decade or more now, but where you have one network we used to have multiple 
used to have a network of cables that ran your security cameras and a network of cables that ran your phones and a network of cables that ran your, your IT, your computers. And today they all run through the same system. They run the computers and the security cameras and the phones and many other things on your network. Sometimes your uh, HVAC and your uh, fire systems and everything can be running through that same network cabling and running through the same switches. And it can be used to save you tons of money and make your life easier, or it can be unplanned and even cost. I say that's where technology becomes a necessary evil, is the way people view it. And I think we like to come on the scene and show them it's an asset and make a new friendship and make something that they find mutually beneficial business wise and friendship wise. Returning business is huge. So, real slow, so everybody gets to hear it. Uh, what is your website? www.csitechpros.com. We've been listening to uh, Bob Moore and uh, your host, Mark Eckel. We've been talking about the issue of business evangelism and concerned, of course, with others and welcoming uh, guests into our, not only into our homes, but into our conversations. Uh, we are constantly interested in finding new folks uh, in and around Indianapolis who are doing good uh, that we might even have on the show. So if you're watching, listening to this, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I, I know so-and-so that really needs to be on the show and uh, somebody to be uh, connected with uh, uh, Mark Eckel via Warp and Woof Radio, we'd love to have them here as well. We're grateful again, as always, to H.P. Uh, Bell, our producer, uh, Josh Collingwood, who's going to take care of all the transfer of information later on for, through from Dropbox to podcast. And uh, Polly Riddell, of course, is the connector out in the community for us. We're grateful for all of that. Visit us at warpandwoof.org or cominiusinstitute.org.com to find all of our videos, all of our essays, all of our podcasts, all kinds of manner of things there that uh, might be able to include, uh, you might include in your thinking and watching and reading into the future. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be back again next week. Until then, we'll see you. <laughs>